Hey everyone, it's Rob here with Four Songs. Here we go again, late as usual. Not to make myself the story, but as you can clearly tell, I've been stocking getting these done in a timely fashion. Wish I could say I was going to change, but no promises. Anyway, on with the show. So, what have you done the last year and a half? I started a podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Four Songs, and you might be listening to it right now. We talk about songs and songwriting from some amazing artists. Still, I'll admit, in the scheme of things, it's not that much. I mean, it's cool and all, but it's not that hard. I mean, lately it has been, but hey, you know, it's not like I'm inventing anything here. It's just taking advantage of what's out there. Unlike, say, writing, producing, and releasing an entire album in a matter of months. As I've chronicled on this show, putting together albums takes years between writing the songs, recording, settling on mixes, etc., etc. It is rare to find an album conceived, produced, and released in a matter of months. Yet, for my next guests, that's exactly what happened. Jay Jackson and Aubrey Sellers, the singer-songwriters behind the fantastic new duo Jackson Sellers, came together in the most pandemic-y way. That's right, I'm making pandemic-y a word. Both Aubrey and Jade have released a handful of country-tinged solo albums over the last few years, though my guess is few would have thought that, hey, they should do an album together. I mean, Jade's prior releases were recorded and produced by legendary California punk rocker Mike Ness of Social Distortion, which resulted in a more rollicking, rough-edged sound. Aubrey, meanwhile, grew up in the country music industry thanks to her parents, recording artists Jason Sellers and Leanne Womack. Still, a chance meeting at 2019's Americana Fest in Nashville led to their unlikely partnership, which has yielded one of the most compelling albums in years, Breaking Point, released in October. As we'll hear in our interview, recorded from their home in Nashville, neither Jade nor Aubrey can explain how or why this album came together so well, so quickly. The two started talking when Jade reached out to Aubrey over Instagram to see if she'd sing background vocals on a haunting new song Jade had just written called Hush. And to make this even more pandemic-y, the two shared voice memos and Dropbox files, and ultimately, one song became an entire album, recorded, released, and produced in a matter of months. In this episode, we talk about four songs from Breaking Point, The Devil is an Angel, which is a Julia Miller cover, Waste Your Time, Hush, and Fairweather. What you'll notice right away, both in the songs and this interview, is how close-knit Jackson and Sellers have become. The album is loose and carefree, yet there's a consistent sound that is unique to this pairing. Co-produced by the Sellers and guitarist Ethan Ballinger, Breaking Point is a revelation. Calling it a pandemic project is a disservice, as it will resonate beyond just the next few months. And in addition to the songs, we also talk about the state of the industry itself. I mean, let's face it, while it may be easier to be heard nowadays, given everyone has a podcast like me, or an Instagram account, or Twitter, or YouTube, or whatever, it's a lot harder to make money. You can be good, as good as Jay Jackson and Aubrey Sellers are, and have to have day jobs, like they do. And to stand out, you've got to be active on social media. Certainly, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, or even Aubrey's parents did not have to worry about keeping up their Instagram or TikTok pages to stay relevant. So this interview is also a commentary about what the industry has become as much as it is a discussion about the stellar breaking point. And with that, let me get out of the way and welcome Aubrey Sellers and Jay Jackson to Four Songs. Thanks, Jade and Aubrey, for joining me for Four Songs podcast. I greatly appreciate it. It's an honor to have you both here. Thank you. Yay. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I started this, gosh, it feels like a long time ago, but it was actually right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so my first question to everybody is, how are you doing? Safe, healthy, and all that? We're doing well. We have our coffee <laughs> I already drank mine. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we're doing great. It's a sunny day. We're healthy. We're happy. <laughs> Good. 
has clearly been a productive year and a half for the both of you. And so how did the partnership come together? And I know you met at the Americana Fest a couple of years ago. And at what point did it click for the both of you? You said, okay, this is more than just kind of cool to jam with you. What when did it like become like, wow, this is gonna work? Yeah, the crazy thing is, is that it was like that instantly because we we played back to back, like you said, in 2019 at Americana Fest. We didn't actually meet, but we followed each other on Instagram that after that night. And um, she reached out to me not too long after and was like, I have this song, Hush, which ended up on the record that maybe I would want you to sing on. And so, and then a few days after that, she came down to see me at my house because I was living in LA at the time. And we headed off instantly, musically and personally. We recorded the demo for Hush and the demo for Has Been that night. She spent the night, we talked, and then we didn't see each other again in person until like a couple months later when we were making this record. <laughs> like, yeah, we, like, it was kind of I mean, crazy. We were obviously <laughs> talking and stuff, but yeah, it's, that's how fast we headed off. It wasn't like we got together a bunch of times or we're playing and maybe we should do something. Maybe and it was literally like instant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So everything has, you know, yeah. Like I said, from the time we first met in person to the time this record was finished was a few months. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's kind of leading to one of my questions. because I feel like there really is a, a loose and I say carefree in a very positive way. It's, there is just a sound like not only is music was, was good, but it was, it sounded like you just had fun doing it. We did. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> like the spirit of this record and how it, translates sonically I think is just how fun and carefree it was making it you know obviously we take art seriously but this was more of like a fun experimental crash course friendship project it was yeah I I, I agree that it translates into the the sound of everything which Mm -hmm. I'm happy about yeah yeah also speaking of a song we're talking about for them from breaking point the devil is an angel waste your time hush in fair weather and I feel like we kind of started talking about this a little bit and talking about how quickly things happen because it sounds like you had a very compressed time frame. Mm-hmm. I wonder it how did you manage to keep the, that kind of loose feeling with knowing that you had a very limited time to get this or did that kind of create like hey we got let's just let's just do it we have very limited time I'm just curious how that led to the sound or the well, Jade's a planner, so I think this was not natural, I guess, for her as far as just being kind of looser. And I was like, look, if we get in the studio and we don't like one of these songs we're trying to cover or whatever, like, we don't have to do it. And, you know, there are budgetarian time concerns and things. But for me, I'm like, look, everything's going to work out the way it's meant to. And, like, if for some reason we got in the studio and then we didn't like the songs, we could do something else or we could maybe come back and have another day later. So I, I just tried to, like calm any nerves or calm any apprehension and just be like look you know because you don't want that to bleed into the music and also I think that over planning and like as far as what you want a song to sound like or whatever else dictating to people what it should sound like in a way you should I mean we had an idea obviously Ethan and I as co-producers but yeah we just kind of were natural with it and and uh, didn't force it too much and I think like we said that translated yeah, definitely. I mean, there was like a point when we were talking back and forth, sending each other songs and things. I I didn't really, I didn't have any fear. I had like this gut, like intuition that everything really was going to work out. 
but it was so different from the last two projects that I've done since I would, since I've been with anti records and they kind of do give me the reins to create things, but I've also been in contract with a producer that has a very specific recipe about how he does things. And I have been very aware of like budget and things. And I thought that's just how the race was run. But Aubrey's grown up in music and has surrounded herself in like the industry of it more than me and just kind of, you know, took me in her arm and was just like, it's going to be good. Like, you, you know, just trust me on this. And I did. And so at what point, and this may sound like a stupid question, but because I, I feel like breaking point really is kind of a revelation. And when did you realize that you had something really special or, or did that ever occur to you? Because that was such a compact time frame in recording. I thought, I think from the first night we met, we, we felt like it was cosmic. I mean, when we just sang those demos together, even we could tell that our voices complemented each other. We just, in a, in a way that we weren't necessarily expecting. It's like, you can love someone else as a solo artist and you can even collaborate and have it be great. But there's something about the, when we sing together, um, I think the tone of our voice voices are very different. And it, therefore they like form this different yeah. super voice. Like, okay, like, you know, very cliche, but like peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter is a nut spread and jelly's like fruit very differently. You put them together and it's like, oh, that actually tastes really good. Yeah. And that's kind of like, we were, we were very surprised. Me especially just because I looked up to her as a vocalist and never really saw myself like as a singer. So to sing alongside, you know, somebody that's at her level in my, you know, brain of, talented singers was a little intimidating so when I did sing with her and we kind of felt like wow this is really working well I was like oh thank god you know because I didn't want to bring her voice down but it just it was always just like a positive like she's been very like positive reinforcing my own confidence and it's just yeah it's hard to kind of even put all this into words because it really did just like instantaneously like like it's already happened kind of before it happened right like there wasn't it was a lot weird of, it's not that we didn't think about anything that we did or anything but it was pretty non like it was pretty natural all of yeah. it just, just like fell together and like you said about singing I mean for me what makes a great singer is not necessarily technical skill it's more you being having an honest voice um I because I think when I listen to music that's what I connect with I, I listen to plenty of singers who aren't considered technically great singers maybe but they are great singers because they have soulful voices and they they are unique and you're really connecting with the emotion in their voice and so mm -hmm. even though you might not have seen yourself in, in the way because you see yourself more as a songwriter like your voice is uniquely you you know you sound like yourself which is incredible and you're a great singer <laughs> and you're great at singing harmony which you learned on this right uh, yeah she taught me oh really underneath and they're like sing this note I was like I can't do it and then keep going I can't do it and then all of a sudden I was like I can do it that's how you learn you put yourself in the position you know if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always got and I um yeah I definitely just switched course with how I thought about this whole process in this project and I'm so in love with with what we created together mm -hmm. yeah I I love it and it kind of reminds me We'll get to this in some of the, we get to the songs momentarily, but there's a lot of different influences, but I feel like Wrecking Ball, I mean, Harris's Wrecking Ball is sort of, you know, that album itself was such an, a milestone, I feel like. So I'm just curious if that, maybe that wasn't top of mind as you recorded this, but I'm just curious if 
that album in particular played a, a bit of a role in just your influence in going into this at all? That just played an influence in both of our musical whatever in general, I think. Okay. connected over, over that record. Yeah, that was actually what we like, we're like, wait, that's like my favorite. And you're like, that's oh. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so we love that record and I love it. Basically anything Daniel Lanois produces. In fact, when I got my first guitar when I was 13, I, I got a kind of the Epiphone version of her J200. Like, I, I, so yeah, we, we both love Amy Lou and, and we share tons of influences from, you know, growing up on Hank Williams or George Jones to like, uh, the Cure, the Cure, Fast <laughs> Star, mm-hmm. Nirvana, yeah. White Stripes, and then yeah. Led Zeppelin, CCR, so many, yeah, that we both love. Yeah, and it definitely comes through. I feel like there's, you, the, the, the word country rock gets thrown around too casually these days, but there is something, I maybe call it neo-country punk pop rock or something. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, Darren Parsons called it cosmic American music, which is probably a good catch-all term oh, back in the 70s, but still applies today. So that's cool. We'll get to the song. So the first one is Devil is an Angel, which is a Julie Miller song. And this is a completely reimagined version of it. So first, if we can just talk about the song itself, what led you to this song in particular? Um, Julie Miller is like my favorite sing- songwriter and artist ever. Um, so yeah, I we sent like Ethan and I were just kind of playing around one day and we were like, what about this song? Maybe I, it's a song I've loved forever, but he started playing that riff that you hear on the record in that different way. a little voice memo of it and sent it to jade and we were like what do you think she liked it i guess yeah i loved it that, that was a good example of just like one of those things where like she had sent me the song and we were going to the studio soon after and i wanted to like map out where we each sang at and like what harmonies i needed to practice before the studio and she was like no it's fine like we'll figure it out we literally sat with ethan for like three days before we went in the studio and figured all of that out it was like very quick but that's again like that's just kind of like the spirit of the record yeah i think it's even yeah I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. yes i don't know what else to say about that uh, <laughs> that song and the reason I think we chose to make it the first single was because we sang pretty equally on that song in, in, in unison and in harmony and also I feel like the spirit of that song and the kind of like rock spirit of it is representative of the spirit of the album 
So yeah, it was very much driven by that moment. But then when we got in the studio with the band, you know, they kind of latched onto it instantly. And a lot of, I think, making a record is about getting the right players in the room. And, you know, they had in mind where we wanted to go, but you're also leaving room for them to play and experiment and be creative too, you know. Are there certain lines in the lyrics that you identify with that stood out when you first heard this song that made you think, oh, let's, let's put this on a record? I think that, that she's such a good songwriter. The whole thing, she's such okay. a good songwriter. <laughs> you know, so when she, Aubrey showed me that song, like, versus, like, when she showed me, like, the Susie Quattro song, which is also a fantastic song, but, like, I gravitated more towards the Julie Miller cover because of the her lyrical content was so amazing to me and that's kind of what I look for in a song and I just fell in love with it and then when she sent me like the version that her and Ethan came up with I was like okay this is this is awesome let's do it Too. Yeah, I feel like we would have a lot in common with Julie Miller. She's also very introverted. <laughs> <and> yeah, <laughs> we love her. When I was yeah. younger, I was really fortunate because I was a huge fan of hers, but this was kind of before everything was online. Like, obviously, we had music online, but it wasn't when like every album mm-hmm. you've ever had was like accessible from streaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, I love this record. And I guess my mom told told her told buddy or something and they um she julie sent me all her records with like a little note like all the cds and she and they brought them home and i was like oh my god so i've been in love with this song and these records since i was a teenager hmm. that's something <laughs> i've always been curious about because you know i grew up when cassettes and records were kind of going the way out and cds came in and now it's obviously very different so like the with you all again like, you came up with kind of the end of the cd era how does that change how you approach releasing an album? Because it's now people can do EPs or they do singles, but this isn't a full album. So how does that how do you, how does that change your approach? Just the, the medium being so completely different than what it was back just ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I used to think of it more rigidly because I'm a huge fan of albums. So I was like, I'm not going to ever do that where I just put out singles <laughs> and all that, you know because I really do love albums and all my favorite albums. I love the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, it, I want it to be cohesive and I want people to sit down and enjoy the whole thing. And, you know, I recorded my records to tape and I, you know, I love vinyl and I think this record in particular sounds amazing on vinyl. And, and the vinyl comes out in December, by the way, everyone. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> but yeah, so 
I was more, but then I ha I have put on EP and I have done some like one-off singles with other artists and things at this point. So I'm not, I'm becoming a little less rigid about it because I think like, look, a song can be enjoyable too. You don't have to all, you know, so, but I still, am like generally a fan of records. And I think when I'm making a record, I try to keep that in mind when I'm creating. What about you? Yeah, I, you know, I decided that I wanted to do this like, percent when I was 13 and that was 17 years ago and things were a lot different then and that's when I you know for my birthday I would request I want a CD or my dad was always playing records so I envisioned that as what the music industry was and what I would be stepping into and then you know I was just like my I you know graduated high school right when social media was starting to percolate and get really popular and I just felt so disconnected from it though that I kind of like mm. a blind eye to it I'm like I don't need this like I'll be fine just making CDs. And then when push came to shove and everything really shifted in such a quick way, you know, I was just talking to a girlfriend about this the other day. It's like, would I have still decided to do this if that required me to have like, have to have an Instagram and now I'm, I feel pressured to get a TikTok and all these things. Like, that's not why I like music. Like I, I want to be like Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen. Like they didn't have to do that. So I find myself That's, getting really yes. frustrated. Yes, why do we have to do this crap? I get really frustrated <laughs> and I just like wish it would go back somehow. But since it's not, I am making peace with it. And that's probably yeah. my challenge. Yeah, I, that's just, I just think how different it's become. I mean, people of my generation, I think had a, had the chance to have the more CD or product-based and now I guess it's easier to get started, but it's harder to make a living. Totally. Oh, yeah. That's so right. Like, you know, if we were just whatever we decided tomorrow, we want to upload something on the internet and put it out, you know, we could, but like you said, it's like impossible to make a living. Almost yeah. Anymore. I make all my money. Wait, yeah. I, I mean, literally like, 20 years. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, we both have normal, you know, normal jobs. Well, the next song I want to talk about is waste your time. And this one, it starts out with those real subtle, gentle chords and, and searching lyrics, but then it just kind of gets to that, that pounding chorus without warning. So how did this come together? For I you love this song. <laughs> yeah, this, gosh, I, I, I had a lot of songs that I sent Aubrey and Ethan because like I was, you know, gearing up to do another solo record before that this record came to be. And I've always just, that's been my main thing is writing. So, and I write a lot, maybe one out of every 30 are good, but I have like hundreds of songs. So this, this was one that I had never really played for anybody. And I just kind of like threw it in there because I was actually listening to songs on my phone to send over to them. And my, I was living with my parents at the time and my dad was like, Hey, like, what's that one? I'm like, Oh, this isn't good. Like I was kind of almost even embarrassed to show him because I didn't think it was lyrically strong. I was honestly just on my bed, just gotten a breakup, like was just trying to practice bar chords to strengthen my hand and just wrote it for fun. Think I left my mind with you. Yeah. 
so it, I never intended it to like be on a record, but my dad overheard it. And he was like, that's pretty cool. So I added it to the Dropbox or whatever and then sent it to them. And it was, if I had to bet my life on it, I would have not bet that they would want to do, do that song, but they did. And I think we've created it into something really cool together. I love it. I love this. <laughs> I love the spirit of it. It's like, it reminds me of some great like nineties rock or something, but, but in a fresh way and not in like a throwback way. I, I like the spirit. It makes me happy. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's a breakup song, it makes you want to like, drive down the road and yeah I I, I love it now especially that you know just the way it was produced and how we both sing on it and Mm -hmm. yeah it was super fun I like how the music and lyrics are really in sync because you kind of have a a sing-songy verse but then you just hit that chorus just knocked you out Although I'm so curious if my ex-boyfriend's actually heard it. Because he'll know it's about him. I don't know. <laughs> like, he's going to hear it on the radio. You are going to hear it driving down the road. <laughs> Be sorry for what you've done. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only well, that's not what music yeah. is. I mean, how many Ryan Adams songs do you need to hear about anyway? But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> This may sound like a stupid question because I, but I like is the evolution of songs. And, and Jade, you just mentioned how you kind of had this on your own. Was was this like an acoustic song at first, or did you? Yeah, it, it was acoustic. I, you know, I wrote it with bar chords, which is not how I usually write. I usually just stick my paper on there and do like little mm-hmm. finger picky type stuff. When I'm writing, it's usually more folk based from the bass. But this was more of like a playing around with like. The intention of someday moving it to electric but then I was just like gave up on it and then if it hadn't been for my dad and then for Aubrey and then Ethan to like push me to bring it to life it would probably just still the be universe was telling her over and over <laughs> yeah. again this yeah, is like, a good song put this one out. and then, and then when, the, when everyone's like let's have this be our radio single I was like no way like what are the odds like how weird like it just makes you realize that you know you ha- have these ideas about things and it can go such a different way. And if you're open to it, which this project has really like shown me the plus side of just being open and not say like trying to hold on to something or the outcome of something, you can really create something that would, you know, I feel like this record is like a better representation of myself as an artist than anything else I've ever done. And I think it was because I had such a free flowing fluid spirit in the project. I feel like mm-hmm. Well, the was this, would you have all the lyrics for it? Was it, the lyric, was it finished? And the music just, obviously, music changed. Yeah, yeah, I wrote yeah. it for like 10 minutes. I just, that, that's kind of how I write. It sounds kind of odd, and it's been my biggest challenge trying to explain it, but 
I feel like music and melody kind of just like go like, like they go parallel and I'll, I'll usually just get, you know, them as like, like a pile of it all together that I just like, when I'm scribbling it out, it like spreads itself out. It's this very strange way of writing, but it's, I think it's definitely my subconscious stores all the, the negative things that go on in the world around me and in my own life. And I kind of just compartmentalize it down there. And when I'm writing is when it comes out and it's like ready to come out. Because in real life, I have a hard time with confrontation. I have a very hard time standing up for myself and like being bold and all those things. So like songs have been my way of expressing myself and feeling strong. It's crazy because when I, the few, like the songs that I've put on my records that I've written alone, like the same exact thing, like literally mm-hmm. come out instantly and I don't have to go back and touch them again. Like, yeah. It's really weird how that happens. Um, You're like, who's writing this? Yeah. I mean, funny. I, I mentioned this book in another interview, but I read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and she talks about that too, how she thinks that there's like a cosmic element to it or something where like it creatively like comes out of you and is meant to, like it's it's like a gift. Yeah, like it's like a gift. Or yeah. it goes to somebody else. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. What I like about this, and this is, this is going to sound like a, probably not a very educated question, but to me, I mean, I used to write, not music, but for a living. And one of the hardest things I think there is to do in, as a writer is to, to write simply, if that makes sense, to, to use few words that people will just know exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like on these songs, and this one in particular, you, you do that. And I know that's not easy. So it sounds like there's really, if there's a secret, you would probably make a lot of millions of dollars kind of disposing that. But I'm just curious, like if that, to me, that, that's just what stands out about this is it's, and I know that's hard, if that Thank makes you. sense. I think that's, actually, I just was thinking about this. We've been doing a few other interviews today. And like, before I start songwriting, I wanted to like be an author for like children's books. And I think reason being is that they were condensed messages like it, you didn't have to go through all this stuff to get to the end and you know like the giving tree is like my favorite book of all time but <laughs> it's so like poignant and perfect and just strong and it just rips your heartstrings out and it's I mean how many words is it like this many you know what right. I mean so yeah I love that about songwriting I would say like I've always told people I really favor simple songs I I that's what I'm drawn to because I think it leaves more room for the emotion and intention behind the song and like you said it's so impressive I think that's something Julie Miller is great at is writing something that you're like says in so few words but are so impactful Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm drawn to music that way even more so than music that would be more kind of flowery or poetic or really wordy Cool. We got two more songs. I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, Hush, which I believe is a song that started it all, it sounds like. So how, how did that come back? So, so Joy, that Jake, you were saying that you had this song and you thought for her Aubrey's yeah. voice would be a good on it, but how did that translate into a, how, how did this song come together like that? And then what was it about that said, okay, we can do more than this? Yeah, this is a song that did come very quickly and it's, it was one of those songs where it, it's a, it's more poetic, like the writing's more poetic and I, I do love poetry and all that, but I didn't sit down and like scratch my head and try and write something pretty. It kind of just came out in that way. And then I looked down the page and I was like, okay, cool. And again, my dad, I have a common theme with my writing, I guess. My dad was walking by, I was in the kitchen. I wrote it probably in like 10 minutes and 
he was like, that's cool. And I was like, you like it? I was like, okay, I'll record it. So I clicked voice memos and I recorded it. And at the end of the recording, you can hear him be like, man, that sounds like Nirvana or something. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, I love Nirvana. Okay, I'll keep it. And so, you know, that mixed with the lyrical content was really derived from like um, a very emotional thing that was going on within me about like my little sister and the situation that she was in. The combination of that and then just how quickly it came to be and my dad's compliment um, made me really attached to it in a weird way like I haven't with other songs. So when I was storing up songs for my solo next solo record and I sent them out to my team, I sent them maybe like 50 and they gave little notes on all of the songs. And I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. And then when they gave notes on Hush, I got really defensive, which I don't usually get with my songs because I write so so much I'm just like oh whatever like maybe I, I, I can't explain it I just like felt like this like inner like lioness like trying to protect the song which I've never really felt <laughs> and so I fired back to my team like actually I wasn't hearing it like this I was hearing it with like r- really like strong female harmonies like somebody like Aubrey Sellers Like a ship letting go of her ropes Sands shifting her hands Gripping, she just can't let go Hush, little darling, don't you cry Ain't it time you learn to fly Because I had just seen her perform at Americana Fest Started dining into her music Didn't know she was also following me on social media and it was just this random like thing that came out through email and 10 minutes later or less I DM'd her on Instagram and asked if she'd do it so I was like well I can talk the talk let's see if I can walk the walk and um wasn't expecting her to message me back but sure enough the little dots started going and um she was interested and that's really just how this all started yeah because it's a real atmospheric element to this one in particular and it really truly adds to the emotion I think is so how much did Aubrey how much did you bring to the kind of that mindset of that setup or did that come at all or any, did that come together as you were just when you sent it to her Jade or how I'm kind of mumbling with my words here but how'd you no, get that sound <laughs> yeah like we when we made the demo recorded the demo for it we did the ooze and stuff the kind of atmospheric ooze that are on you know that you end up hearing on the record too um and I feel like yeah that was did we, we recorded that before has been right so that yeah. was the first song that we worked on together and yeah and I sang a verse or whatever but I feel like she you know she it already had that vibe when she sent it to me we just kind of enhanced it with Ethan's playing and the kind of atmospheric ooze that we added and and that was also the first time hearing our voices together so we were just like really excited the verse that she sings when she sang it, it was like, I was hearing it for the first time. Cause like when you're singing, like you're not really listening to your, you're just kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but she, she sings like winds wild sparrow beguiled by, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Whoa, like, did I write that? Cause I had to look up what beguiled meant after I wrote it. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the weirdness <laughs> of songwriting. Like, I didn't even know what it meant, but it worked. It worked with that. And, and she sings the shit out of it. And I, <laughs> I love listening to her sing. Sparrow, but God, but 
uh, last song is Fair Weather, and I think it's an appropriate way to wrap up. And this has a real lush production. It almost has like an 80s sound to it. Do you agree with that? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Big percussion. Like. Yeah, like, so Fair Weather, I wrote with my friend Park Chisholm in um, oh. mm-hmm. And yeah, this is one that we wrote and I was like instantly in love with. And it, it was a later song. Like I'd written this after I had recorded my last project. So it wasn't something that I think I would have put it anywhere just to put it out because I really liked it. And yeah, it was one of the, I think I played it for you the first day we got together too. But for me, obviously the songs about, it, I took the term of like fair weather friend and applied it to mm-hmm. a relationship. Like you're only around when we're um, having a good time, but are you around in the hard times? and it kind of turned into this originally the way that we played it when we were writing it was kind of this more intimate version and I think what we did like you said it's almost like it turned into a slightly almost 80s power ballad influenced type of vibe almost ironically like you write something that's very personal to you that you think this is so personal to me no one's going to connect with it because the story's too specific and then it ends up being the opposite more people connect with it you know mm-hmm. so yeah because it kind of felt like the the, the character in this song was the same one from waste your time on what they hadn't realized yet they were <laughs> yeah. breaking point with all the songs it's the same person As the artist, I mean, and I'm believe me, I'm not a musician. I can tinker on the guitar, but I couldn't. I can't write a song to save my life. But I love music so much because I, you think, oh, no one's going through what I'm going through, and then you find that band, and you think, oh my god, <laughs> the writing for me. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. Hello. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I love that feeling. I don't feel like I feel it too often too. So that's why it's special when you do because you're like, oh my god, yeah, finally. <laughs> 
No, yeah, that's I definitely I gravitate towards sad songs. Like I I I've always been kind of like in real life, and I feel like Aubrey's like this too. Like if you see us in the supermarket, we're like, hey, how are you doing? Like, da, da, da. But when we're alone, we're like, oh, I've had like, you so know what I mean? Like so depressed. <laughs> so like when you find songs like The Smiths or The Cure, like mm-hmm. as a teenager, Townsman Zant, I was like, this is what I'm listening yeah. to. You guys can listen to Britney Spears. Nothing bad about her, but you guys can listen to pop. My other friends, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to listen to these sad songs because they make me feel less alone. I've had so many people tell me like, oh, I listened to your music or I saw your Instagram or something. And they think I'm a completely different person than I am because in person, I'm pretty warm and smiley and friendly. Mm -hmm. And Jade is super that way. Um, You know, so I think that we'll hear the music or something and they're like, you guys are dark. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, why are you writing all these like negative songs but you're such a happy person? It's like, well, I think that I would be a very different version of the person that you know if I didn't write because it's how I get my demons out. Totally. And like, yeah, I don't don't believe in the whole like, oh, I can only listen to happy music. Come on. Like you need to, you need something to connect with. (laughs) Yeah. So I think a lot of people will be connecting to, to Breaking Point and these songs in particular, but as we start to wrap up, we're still here in COVID land. Are you talking, I need to talk about doing a live stream. Do you expect a, a tour soon-ish? Yeah, so I, I don't know if we touched on this already, but in, you know, this month we were supposed to tour and it got canceled. And, and so, like you said, we're gonna do the live stream, which is cool. We're gonna probably do some shows around the physical release um, in December, the final release and all that. So. You know, but we're not planning too far ahead right now just because things are still super weird. So, you know, we're, we're planning what we can control. And, and if people are curious about anything coming up, we obviously go to jacksonsellers.com or, or our Instagram, Jackson Sellers Music, and we'll always be updating on there. But we're just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I want to thank you both for your time tonight and uh, appreciate you giving me a chance to chat with you about it. It's a great album. I love these songs in particular, but it just... Thank you for your music and for your time. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Nice to meet you. So my thanks again to Jay Jackson and Aubrey Sellers of Jackson Sellers for joining me for this interview. Check them out at jacksonsellers.com or find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you find your social media stuff. And check me out on 4Songs2 on Twitter. And stay tuned. I do got some stuff coming. I wish I could tell you when it was going out, but it's going to be great. So just be patient and bear with me. Thank you.